0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show.
1: And welcome to it. It is uh, Monday evening and uh, welcome. Yeah, John Scholes here alongside John Pincus, managing partner, mark Tamarkin LLP. Just happened to be the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the land. How about that? Reaching out anytime, 1 821 5900 to get a hold of John and his crew and help at employmentlawyer.ca. I'll give you some more contact information throughout the uh, evening so you can, uh, you can get that down as well. Lots going on tonight. Everything you need to know about constructive dismissal. Try to get through all those uh, talking points. Maybe some emails later on. There's always stuff happening. But uh, the week that was, situations times two. For you, John, uh, what's uh, what's first, pal? What's going on? By the way, well, right before you start, I guess I should give the number out. Huh? That would be nice. 416-870-6400. Not that our loyal listeners don't know it already. It's ingrained in their brain. But 416-870-6400, and John is ready to take your calls as well. But I digress, pal. Go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, very, very important, John. I'm glad you got that out there because that's uh, that's really what makes uh, this show so great is that we talk to people, we talk about real issues, and uh, we can help some uh get their way towards getting some legal advice uh so there are a few situations i want to talk about uh maybe this is a situation that our listeners will relate to maybe not but uh, we're happy to talk about anything workplace related today uh the first case i want to talk about is an individual uh who worked for the uh same employer uh for uh 20 years as a um uh marketing specialist. Mm -hmm. Uh, The employer was a clothing company, and she basically handled all of their uh, advertising, worked on them for pricing to remain competitive, and also liaised with uh, retail stores for product placement and expansion. This was a very successful arrangement for a long time, and only one strange part about it is she was actually paid as a contractor. She had a corporation, she had an HST number, and she remitted... Uh, taxes herself on behalf of the corporation, rather than being withheld at source for her as an individual. Right. It was an arrangement that the company had asked her to do when they hired her in 2001, and she thought, "Well, hey, why not?" Well, you can imagine COVID nineteen not great for a clothing company in retail stores. Uh, so our client, or this person, was trying to help them get into the online sphere, but they just they weren't able to adapt very well. And ultimately, the owners decided they were going to handle marketing on their own. They were going to internalize it because they couldn't afford the substantial salary they were paying this person. So in mid-2020, they suspended her services. And a few months ago, they told her that the suspension was going to be permanent. And then they said, well, pursuant to our contract from 2001, we can terminate this arrangement with one month's notice. Here's one month's pay. Best of luck. Now, if this person was truly an independent contractor, someone in business for themselves, that would have been perfectly sufficient. That's what the yeah. contract says. That's what you get. The problem, of course, is she was not in business for herself. She was in business for them. She was under their control. She mm-hmm. worked under their direction. She was a paid a uh, flat rate uh, with some commissions on top. It had all the hallmarks of an employment relationship, which was just dressed up differently. So that contract she signed back in 2001 is not worth the paper it was written on. And she's owed upwards of 18 to 20 months pay. And she's owed vacation and holiday pay on top of that, which they should have been paying. And this is why if you are a contractor who works for one company and you lose that position, give us a call. Because if you're an employee, the amount you're going to be owed is going to be just like everyone else. And it's going to be a lot more than they're going to offer you.
1: Again, uh, John's got another matter to get through in the week that was. But always, as we uh, we take it on this show, the callers and our listeners are top priority in that regard. First call for the night. Hey, John, how are you? Three Johns on the air. How about that? It's like a Heidi flies black book around here. What's uh, what's going on, pal?
3: Hi, the beautiful stage name. I'm not. A, <laughs> <I don't, laughs> I'm not a shan. I love John Oakley show. Ping, 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 and I'm not crazy ah. either. Um, I wanted to know. And seeing it, it's my understanding that Doug Ford is going to um, lift the mandate um, by by next, by either, what is it, March now? No, we're not March. By either March or April or so, you might make an announcement on Friday or next week, early next week or so. Does that mean that if we did not take the needle, that um, we don't have to lose our job and our livelihood and our ability to feed ourselves? And I have a second question I guess I should ask right now, or should I wait for you? Well, sure.
2: let's let's start with let's start with that first one because uh, yes, you're you're right. There's a bombshell that uh, that landed this week that on March the first, uh, these um, mandates on non-essential um, businesses are going to be lifted for the public. Now, this is important because we don't really have any court decision. Well, we don't have any court decisions about whether an employer is going to be able to uh, support a termination for cause for these decisions. And if it wasn't clear before, it really should be clear now. This is clearly a situation where vaccine mandates um, just don't withstand any scrutiny. They just don't withstand any scrutiny. So, you know, if you know someone or if you yourself have lost your job already because of a vaccine mandate, then I think this gives even more reason to take action and pursue your entitlements, because this is just more proof that there's no rational business connection. Uh, with these uh, vaccine entitlements. So, yes, I, I think that that, is a, that has a huge impact on these cases, and it's going to be an even larger uphill battle uh, for these employers than it already was.
3: So in layman terms, for some of us out there who, and some of myself, don't quite comprehend what you just said in its entirety, <clears throat> do you mean that if we've already been fired or laid off, which is plain English for fired or let go, that we can then get our jobs back, as I believe we all should after this pandemic demic scam-demic, Is that what you're telling me? We can get our jobs back if we've been fired for being health conscious and not wanting to engage in this uh, segregation 1952 Rosa Parks business?
2: I'm not saying that uh, people can get their jobs back, uh, but this is a situation where you can pursue compensation uh, for having lost your job already.
1: John, appreciate it, pal. Got to move on. 416-870-6400 is the way. Want to get into your second matter, John, but uh, more calls keep coming through for you as well. 416-870-6400. Dominique, hi there.
4: Hi, good evening. Uh, My question is regarding a company that has multiple branches and each branch has a manager. But if one manager goes kind of rogue or off company policy and causing a toxic environment in the workplace, What can be done? Is that even allowed? Can one person just have their own set of rules at a company?
2: Well, a company does have to maintain a harassment-free workplace, right? So if they're creating uh, a situation that's toxic, um, then the employees have uh, the right to to have that remediated, to have that removed. Uh, and sometimes uh, that means a formal investigation. Sometimes that's uh, something less informal. But the first step is always to report it to, um, if not uh, if not human resources, if there isn't a human resources person, the owner or whoever uh, has the capacity to do that. And if they don't do anything about it, then those individuals um, may need to consider, uh, if, if it's really become impossible to look, uh, to work there, then uh, that can, in some circumstances, lead to a constructive dismissal. very important, before anyone does that, it's very important they speak to a lawyer because if it's not a constructive dismissal, it's a resignation and you get nothing. So it's a very, very tricky situation to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, But the first step is always to speak up, to put your complaints in writing, and to follow up to make sure something is done about it.
4: So can the branch, one branch manager, have different policies than the rest?
2: well strictly speaking there's no rule against one branch manager having different rules than the others that's that's not where the problem arises the problem arises if those rules are leading to a toxic workplace or if they're leading to an, a completely unreasonable environment uh, for the employees to be working in um, okay. that's when it can you know can lead to a breach of their obligations as employer okay
1: sounds Makes good I appreciate that Thanks, Dominic. Well, appreciate, uh, thank you. appreciate your time. 416-870-6400. Got another call before we... We'll eventually get to your second week that was, I promise, pal. But, uh, you know, we got to get to it. <laughs> Sheldon, okay, how are you? Good. Yourself? Good. What's on your mind? Okay.
4: So I worked for a company for 17 months. Put in my mm-hmm. two weeks notice. And then February the 2nd, February 11th was the pay um, period. But I noticed on my paycheck, was less than 50% of what I'd normally make.
2: So, so they cut your wages? If... Go ahead. Yeah, so they cut your wages. Yes. Well, um, <clears throat> that's uh, that's a pretty simple matter to deal with. If they cut your wages or they made a deduction without your consent, I mean, the first thing I would do is I would email them and ask them to explain, hey, hey, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And if they don't give you an explanation, or they don't give you a reasonable explanation, um, that is one of those few situations where we say that it is actually appropriate to go to the Ministry of Labor. You're dealing with a fairly small amount, straightforward unpaid wages. Uh, that's an Employment Standards claim um, that you actually can probably do. Uh, you can, you can, you can have us send a letter to them. But it, but depending on the amount, it may actually just make more sense to file an Employment Standards claim.
4: Okay, perfect. All right, I just want to know my next steps.
1: Yep. Thanks, Sheldon. Appreciate it. If you have any more uh, questions, moving on. Here's how you reach out to John and his team, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And there's also pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's a website for all things about employment law. And also on that website, see Severance Pay Calculator. Want to figure out how much you're owed? If it all comes crashing down one day, that's the best place to do it. The number's good, and it's real. Pocket Employment Stephen and everyone else will get to your calls after we take a short break as we get into the Monday night edition of the Employment Law Show. Stick around. Listening to the Employment Law Show. Welcome back, indeed. Seven twenty. John schools and John Pincus representing Firu Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the land. Reach out just to have a chat, get your bearings, learn something from John and his team. Simple phone call won't cost you anything. Just to pick it up and say, "Hey, here's uh, here's my basic issue," like you do here when you call into the station. But to reach John when we're done, 1-855-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821- 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. But a lot of phone calls coming through. We are getting right back to you. 416-870-6400. Stephen, thanks for standing by. Good evening.
4: Good evening, gentlemen. How are my you? Question- I'm good. Thank you. Good. How about you? Yeah. Uh, my my question to you is, I'm, I'm the optimist, so we're assuming the <laughs> pandemic is over. <laughs> okay. And what rights do employers have to demand their employees to come back? And what happens if they don't, or they're they're giving grief, saying they want the status quo?
2: Right, right. Great question. So, um, Steve, are are you referring to employees who've been placed on uh, layoff throughout this period?
4: No, employees who have been working from home.
2: Oh, just employees who've been working from home. Okay, understood. Well, if these employees were hired working in the office, then that's a term of their employment, and you, as their employer can ask these employees now to return to the office. Uh, if those employees decide not to return to the office, you can't force them, but that would be a resignation, assuming that, you know, that's the terms they were hired under. So um, in answer to your question, yes, as employer, you do have the right to bring them back. Uh, the only thing is you, you may lose them as employees. You but what if, but if
4: argue that was, there was a change in employment, saying that you allowed me to work from home?
2: I think that's going to be very difficult for employees to argue. Uh, honestly, uh, if if an employee was hired under an arrangement such that they were working from uh, an office workplace or for, you know from from a building, that's a term of their employment. Mm-hmm. And as long as it was understood that they were working from home for the duration of the pandemic, as long as it was necessary for safety reasons, that employee it's not open really open for that employee. To then take the position, well, I'm entitled to this forever, right? Because there's no unless yeah. there's an understanding, something in writing that it was going to be forever. It's pretty much understood it's going to be temporary.
4: So you're saying if they don't go back, I mean, it's basically a resignation. And if um, if the employers agree, I guess it's new terms of employment.
2: That's right. Okay. So if you agree that it's going to be as an employer that this is going to be the permanent arrangement going forward, then. The employer no longer has a right to renege on that. And if they do, it's a constructive dismissal. Oh, but and if and employer... what,
4: if, what if they're working, if they work basically from home and they're saying, I'm, the, what if
2: they're not even working in the country? Are they still covered by the government, uh, Canadian laws? Well, that's a very, very uh, interesting question. Um, if they're if they're working out of the country, uh, it actually brings up a concern because now, uh, I mean, there's, there's tax concerns, there's employment standards concerns of whatever country they're working in. So I think you have to be very careful about allowing uh, someone uh, to work in a different country. And as an employer, you can certainly tell them you're, while you're working remotely, you have to be in Canada or you have to be in the province of Ontario. You can do that. You can set those rules as an employer. Uh, so if they breach those rules by going to another country, you can you know, you can treat that as as a breach and, and act accordingly.
4: So but if they don't if you don't specify, they don't tell you that you could, there could be problems.
2: Well, I I think this is uh, this is turning into a, a very interesting and I think and probably a longer conversation than time will permit us right now. But I think the best thing that I could say, Stephen, is that you know if you're an employer in that kind of situation, you just want to set the rules and you want to enforce them, and you have the right to say these are the parameters of the remote uh, relation, uh, remote working. Uh, uh, situation. It's going to be temporary. You're going to have to be working from, an Ont- from Ontario. And if those mm-hmm. employees don't comply with those parameters, you can set consequences for that because you are entitled to make those kinds of rules. Uh, Stephen, so Bruce, is, yeah, sorry, finish off, John,
1: before we move on. Yeah. I was just
2: going to say, uh, Stephen, absolutely give us a call if you want to talk yep. about it further. This is a very tricky issue to, to wade through.
1: Thanks, Steve. Again, one uh, 855 Back to our uh, phone calls. Hey, Ryan, thank you for standing by. How are you? No problem. I'm great. How are you guys? Still fogging up a mirror, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind?
5: <laughs> yeah, love your show. Um, I just want to say, like, yeah. So I was I was let go recently from my job. Um, it was within the probationary period, right? But I, I had COVID, right? Um, and I was just like, I was at home. Uh, I was I, obviously out isolating, um, and uh, and so um, and I can and and, you know so I was I was out probably about three weeks. I was at home. And I I kept telling them, like, I'm sick, I still have symptoms, I can't go into, you know, I still have symptoms, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And I was told that you're not supposed to go back to work unless you, like, unless your symptoms are all gone. Um, So they let me go. They let me go within the probationary period. I just want to know, am I able to, like, do they still, would they have to pay me some kind of severance or separation pay? Am I entitled to that?
2: Well, there can be some severance entitlements during the probationary period, uh, depending on what you signed and if there's anything in there that addresses termination entitlements. Um, there also could potentially be a human rights issue, um, if uh, it can be successfully established that COVID is a disability under the Human Rights Code, which is yet to be seen. Um, so there, there could be an entitlement here. I suspect it's not going to be a huge entitlement because of your tenure. Um, but what I'd recommend that you do is uh, if you want to email us or, and speak with us offline, send us sure. the contract that you have and we'll take a look at it and there may still be some entitlement, notwithstanding the fact that you're probationary, depending what's in there, what's in the, the offer letter that you signed. Okay. Can I get the email address if that's
1: all right? Yeah, I'm going to give it to you right now, brother. That would be simply help at employmentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the number, if you want to reach out, is 1 855 Going to move on to, hey, Sue Say, Sue how are you? Good evening.
3: All right. Um, a lot of us are not interested in getting severance pay. We're interested in keeping our job. A lot of federal workers, are, uh, they're not getting fired, and they don't have to have any proof of, uh, of um, uh, inoculation, if you will. How can we defend ourselves? We're in a position where we work for a corporation. Uh, we may have, for instance, I've already had COVID. Therefore, if you know your biology... We have antibodies, which are superior to the inoculation. And Doug Ford said last year, if you have evidence of a positive antigen, which is a blessing, not a curse, you know, your biology, um, you you don't have to get inoculated. That's what I recall. Um, Does that still stand? And and, and how can we defend ourselves to avoid losing our job when we're told we have to show a QR code next week that we're um, so-called vaccinated? How do we, what defense can we use? Medical, religious—can you please elaborate so we can actually live and afford rent, not become
4: homeless?
2: So this is, uh, you know, a, a very common question. We had one earlier in the show about it, and the truth of the matter is, by and large. Um, you you can't really get your job back in these situations. Now, federal workers do have some remedies uh, by virtue of the Canada Labor Code. There's unjust dismissal complaints, and uh, those theoretically can lead to reinstatement. But as a practical matter, if we're going to pursue your former employer, what we're getting at the end of the day is typically compensation, um, not your job back. And there's no physical way to stop your employer from doing that. Uh, you know, it's not like you can... Uh, uh, you can bring an injunction against your employer and stop them from firing you. So the best-case scenario here is that you get compensation, and that's just as far as the law is really going to take you here.
3: So if there's no medical defense, no religious defense whatsoever under the law? Well,
2: uh, to the extent that there is a uh, medical or a religious uh, uh, exemption that is sent in and ignored, and we have many individuals who've had that happen to them, then we pursue human rights damages. Right? In the federal so sphere, that- that's done at the
3: what exactly is a medical uh, defense, if you will? What's a, what's a feasible medical defense? Please give us some examples. Thank
2: you. So, so usually a medical exemption is something along the lines of someone that has a doctor's note saying that by virtue of, uh, for example, anaphylactic reaction or uh, in some cases uh, because of their, their personal circumstances, immunocompromised, et cetera, et cetera, that they're not a good candidate uh, for the mRNA vaccine. And if you have that signed doctor's note and that's submitted to the company and it is ignored, which we've seen happen a number of times, uh, yeah. then that can very well be a human rights violation. Similarly, with religious exemptions, if you have a signed letter from a uh, from a church, from a mosque, from a synagogue to which you belong, where it's explained, it's linked to the central tenets of, of the of the place you go and and worship, then that can be a religious uh, exemption. That if that's ignored, that can also be a breach.
3: So if our job, barely requires that we work from home on a computer as we've been doing for almost uh, in nine months. Can we not mm. just continue working from home, seeing as it was a feasible option for how many moons ago? Can't we just continue? Yep.
2: Well, well one one would think so, right? But the reality is, all that is is an argument that in the event that your employer. Uh, terminates your your job or puts you on a on a unpaid suspension or leave or whatever they call it, uh, then that is something that, in my view, is very powerful uh, for uh, opposing any argument from the employer that it's just cause. Right. If someone's working from home, how can the employer say that it was a term of their employment, that it was necessary for their safety, uh, for them to be vaccinated in order order to work? So this all comes back to the same thing, which is getting you compensation uh, for, for, uh, losing your job. Uh, and again, this is not going to stop your employer from firing you. What it's going to do is it's going to give us a basis to claim severance.
1: Appreciate the call, man. Got to move on. 416-870-6400. Steve, thanks for standing by. You are up next. Good evening.
4: How are you doing? I, I have, I have all these employees, guy and they're stealing money from me left, right, and center. And there's nothing I can do about it.
2: Well, um,
4: if you're an employer millions and you have, buddy, buddy, we're talking millions of dollars, and I can't seem to get a handle on it.
2: Uh, okay, and have you, have you, Steve, have you put together evidence that they've that they've stolen from you? Well, you oh, done? The whole, no, listen, the, the the evidence is all there.
4: I don't have to put it together. The the news has done it for me. We're talking about our government. Have a great day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of those nights, eh? Ah, uh, you know. It's been a while since I drank the bong water, but maybe I should try that again. That's okay. Look, I love all these calls. Keep them coming. 416-870-6400. If you have employment law questions, that'd be great. That'd be great. If you could just give us some those now, that'd be great. But look, Johnny, uh, you had another matter to take care of when it came to the uh, <laughs> the week that was. What is going on? I thought you'd never
2: ask, John. I know, you know right? We, we, yeah. You know what? Uh, for for All joking aside, I, as much as I love talking about the week that was, it doesn't hold a candle uh, to the callers that we get and, and no the kidding. conversations I love we them. have. So, yeah. uh, so keep them coming uh, because we, we love to hear from you and we love to talk on air. Anyway, this one's a quick one. So the second situation uh, involves an individual who was let go and offered three weeks pay after uh, working at a plastic manufacturer for about two years. Uh, And so uh, she was a manager there earning a six-figure salary that's going to be pretty difficult for her to replace. And when she was let go, uh, the company said to her, well, here's the employment contract you signed when you started, and it says you get only the minimum amount in the Employment Standards Act. And that's two weeks, but hey, we'll give you an extra week if you sign this release. So she called the Ministry of Labor, who said, yes, that's, that's two weeks. That's what you get under the Employment Standards Act. But thank goodness they also said, you may want to speak to a lawyer. And sure enough, she called me. I looked at the contract. Contract is no good, completely illegal, and she's owed up to six months' pay. So that's what we're going to be pursuing for her. So remember, just because your employer says it does not make it so. Speak to us. Very quick and easy phone call. We'll verify for it whether it makes sense for you to accept the deal, something that the Ministry of Labor will tell you, hopefully as they did in this case, they cannot do for you.
1: And to reach John, as I mentioned, anytime, time, 855 821 help at employmentlawyer.ca is how you do that. Okay, in between the phone calls, oh, it's quiet, Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. you still have time, you want to grab a phone and call in. And ask your questions, anything irking you about uh, your particular job or employment law you don't know, call us, ask, and uh, it'll get answered. But everything you need to know about constructive dismissal, we've already been kind of hovering over this topic tonight. But uh, just to break it down by definition, what is a constructive dismissal?
2: Well, constructive dismissal is any time the employer does something that is tantamount to termination. So they're not admitting that's a termination. They're not telling you we're terminating your employment, but they have basically put a situation where you've got to leave. And if that, if they've put you in that situation through something they've done that you haven't agreed to, then you have the option of saying, I'm leaving, I'm going after my severance. Uh, Constructive dismissals can come in many forms. The big one that we see is layoffs, right? Layoffs have been uh, definitely uh, flavor, well, flavor of the year, flavor of the zeitgeist, I guess you would say, of the of uh, the COVID-19 era, uh, because it's just been uh, ubiquitous everywhere. Um, and layoffs, if you don't agree to them as a term of your employment, if you don't consent to them, Those are a constructive dismissal. Other things that we look at are demotions, reductions in pay. Uh, If one day they they tell you to move, they tell you one day you're in Markham and the next day uh, you're going to be in Burnaby, uh, that's probably going to be a constructive dismissal, again, unless you've agreed to it. Um, If they have refused to accommodate you, uh, if they've changed your working hours, you're working for 20 years in the daytime and now you're working uh, in the night shift all of a sudden, that can be constructive dismissal. So if you've had a change and it's a major change at work and it's something that you're not inclined to agree to, that's the time to give us a call because we may be able to
1: pursue your full severance. When do the uh, when do the alarm bells go off? How do you know if you if you've been constructively dismissed or about to?
2: Well, the first thing you have to ask yourself is is something changing in the workplace? Is something happening um, that is affecting me negatively? And the second thing that you ask yourself is well did i agree to this did i did i sign a contract allowing them to do this did i tell them that this was okay Uh, is this something that's happened before in years past and i've agreed to it before and if the answer is yes this is this is a big change yes it's affected me negatively and no i didn't agree to it then the next thing to do is to give us a call. Now, notice I said, don't, I didn't say leave. The next thing to do is give us a call because then we have to determine whether that's sufficient to amount to a constructive dismissal. And many times the answer is no, but at least you will know by speaking with us, because if the answer is yes, as it is from time to time, then we can go and we can pursue your full severance.
1: Again, 416-870-6400 is the number to call in. Still got some time. So bring on some calls in between that. We will be talking about constructive dismissal. So, uh, okay, I, I'm being harassed at work, or the workplace has become, you know, what they call a toxic environment. Could that lead to a constructive dismissal?
2: Well, we had we had a call about that tonight, uh, which was so perfect, right? We had uh, the individual with two managers, and one of them was setting different rules and creating a toxic work environment. And as I was telling uh, that gentleman, it's a very difficult situation to do with, to deal with, and I really do empathize uh, with people because. Um, This is the most difficult constructive dismissal uh, to pursue. You really have to build up your case. You have to show that you have made a complaint to someone in a position of power, whether that's the HR manager, uh, which is perfect if they exist, or or your direct superior, or the owner if it's a very small company. You have to give the company a chance to investigate it, to have you participate, to try and fix it. And only when you've exhausted all of that do we say, okay, you know what, if you've got to go, if you've got to leave, Maybe it's time to pursue your, your severance. Um, and sometimes the situation is so, agree- so egregious that it is clearly a constructive dismissal. Yeah. But that is more the exception than rule, so you got to talk to us if you're in that situation.
1: Take a pause and uh, grab a call. Hi, Joe. Thanks for calling in and taking the time. How are you? i by yourself. Beauty, what's on your mind? Just wondering, uh,
5: many of us over here, we're having problems over here with dealings with the unions. And I understand you're an employment law firm, but we're getting sick and tired of... Uh, these overpowered unions, now they're dictating their own union members what to do, what to say, and they're using intimidation t- tactics. I would like to know one thing, and one thing for a lot of guys out there, especially in the construction field, does a union have the right and the power to limit a person like myself and others from uh, work to be employed by uh, a construction uh, a, a construction company that's a signatory uh uh, they're signed up with the Union
2: well uh, thanks for your question Joe that's a that's a complex issue and and one we could only probably scratch the surface of tonight I can tell you I empathize with your situation I've actually uh, represented employers in 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 that context and uh, the main thing that I can I can tell you is that you know once a union um, once a union shop is set up and they do have certain rights under the collective agreement, employers do have rights as well. And unions actually can be guilty of unfair labor practices in the same way that employers can be accused of that. Um, so that's an issue that really, um, if you're an employer or if you're someone who, who's working with an employer or, you know, like a foreman or a supervisor, that they have to consult with their employment lawyer. Uh, and uh, Individuals at our firm, we help we help employers with these issues uh, from time to time, and sometimes that means starting an unfair labor practice uh, complaint against the union. So employers do have rights uh, as well under the um, Ontario Labour Relations uh, uh, Act and uh, and under the collective agreement, and that's probably the best I can say for now. I know that just scratches the surface.
5: But well, what about what about sir? What about us as employees? We're trying to fetch uh, fetch a job. With a signatory company and the unions uh, doing er- everything and anything to uh, permit of get us getting a-, a job.
2: Yeah, that's really tricky because you when you are when you're employed under a union, uh, the union really is your advocate. In fact, they're actually the only ones who are allowed to act for you. Um, so the only time that you as an employee have a right to actually Take an issue against the union as a member of that that, that uh, union are those very rare circumstances where you can bring a duty of fair representation application and those are very rare and very difficult. So unfortunately, there's not much that can be done if you're in that if you're in that situation.
1: Joe, appreciate the time and yeah, just to reiterate, you uh, you as an employment lawyer, any employment lawyer on the outside can't can't deal with union matters because it's beyond your purview. You, you, nobody can. You can't do it. You got to go through the union and the and the CBA, right? Absolutely correct.
2: Yep. So that's that's the tricky thing. When you're unionized, you get some rights, you get some uh, increases in wages, perhaps, and benefits that you wouldn't have got otherwise. But when it comes time to any dispute coming up, you're typically at a disadvantage.
1: Again, we'll get back to our uh, talk about constructive dismissal. Can I get severance, uh, John, if I'm constructively dismissed? Well, yes, you get
2: severance just the same way uh, that Mm. everyone else
1: gets severance. If If a
2: court determines that you have been constructively dismissed from your job, then it's as if the company gave you a letter saying you're terminated the day they made the change and offered you no severance. So you can go on the severance pay calculator and you get the same severance entitlements as everyone else as long as you can prove that you were constructively dismissed.
1: Next question is this, uh, what if I decide to continue working after, uh, you know, I guess you call it a negative change, maybe I want to see how it works, then what happens?
2: Well, the the difficulty there is that if you you do that for too long, the employer is going to say that you've now agreed to it, you're now okay with it, right? And so if you're demoted into a new position and you work in that new position for three, four months, then you may have a problem trying to claim that as a constructive dismissal later. Now, if you work for one or two months, that may be a different story. Uh, And if there's ongoing discussions, that may be a different story. But certainly, if you let months and months and months go by and you don't do anything, that's going to be one arrow that the employer is going to have in their quiver that they're going to use against you. Now, sometimes that makes sense. If we're talking about a change in commission plan, you want to see what the impact on your commissions is going to be. Then you may want to alert the employer to say, I'm not agreeing with this. I'm not okay with this change, but I'm going to see how things go so there is a right and a wrong way to do this. And if you want to help understand how you have to communicate your objection to the employer, well, that's what we're here for, to help guide you through that.
1: I think I've been constructively dismissed. Sounds like it. Now, should I just quit and then seek severance pay? No,
2: no, you shouldn't. That's a situation where you want to speak with a lawyer first. Why? Because if you come to us and you say, hey, John, I've quit my job. I want to pursue a constructive dismissal you know, you and I sit down and we go through the analysis. And at the end of the day, I say, you know what, I don't think this is sufficient to be a constructive dismissal. Well, then guess what? You've just resigned. You've just lost your job and you've lost your severance. And that's a horrible situation to be in, right? Unless you really, really did have to leave and you were prepared to resign. But if you were resigning, counting on getting severance and you come to me and I say that, well, now you don't have severance. Well, now you've made a mistake. Don't make a mistake you can't take back. Speak to us quickly. Speak to us first before you do anything
1: see if we get to an email before we uh, before we wrap this sucker up for the night uh, Trey Trey's the one says I've been working as a manager for 10 years and I've been keeping track of all my overtime if my employer does not pay me, can I sue for all of it or am I past the limitation period?
2: Okay so a couple things to unpack here. first thing, if you are truly a manager and I mean not so not just in title but in function in practice you're actually a manager, those individuals are not entitled to overtime. In Ontario, assuming that you are not a manager, if you've been keeping track of your overtime, there is a way to argue that you can claim your overtime even beyond two years in certain circumstances. That being said, you definitely don't want to wait. That's a call that you want to make to us right now so we can put that claim in before you you run out of time.
1: And that'll uh, pretty much lock her down for another night. Appreciate all the phone calls. It was uh, it was fun. We'll be back doing this Wednesday night, same time. In the meantime, you want to reach out to John and his team. It is uh, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the free and anonymous website that's full of information built just for you, including the severance pay calculator, which is always uh, interesting to use. That is PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. As mentioned back here on Wednesday, but stick around. On Point is coming right back with our pal Arlene Bynum, filling in for the remainder of the night. Enjoy and we'll catch you Wednesday.
0: The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.